Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. heard people talk about 420 before and uh i just what what is that reference to like what's the big deal about that day and i want you to imagine like the most stereotypical uber religious baylor girl in your head and what her voice sounds like right now and she just said it is the national drugs holiday um and it's always i I always think about that on 420 because I, i laughed very hard at just like just that grating sound of judgment. <laughs> National Drugs Holiday. National Drugs Holiday. Um, isn't accurate. So, and I can right. hear that voice in my head, and I'm just like, yeah, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Oh, oh, but yeah, but yeah, it's. Uh, 420 absolutely takes on a new meaning for me nowadays, though, uh, as I said on Twitter, because it's oh, yeah. uh, it's my son's birthday. So my son turned two today. I can't Whoa. believe I can't Happy believe birthday. I've been at I, I know I know this doesn't sound long to you because you've been doing it for much longer. But I, I honestly can't believe uh, that I have been a father for two years. So. Yeah, it uh, I don't think it really ever gets 
believable. Right. Yeah. It's every, even like now. It's like, I, I can't believe I'm a 14 year old. I can't believe I've been doing this. Right. Cause you always know who you are, you know, and you've got, you've got the whole context of your life in your head. So you, you know, the things that you've done and the things that like only a couple of people or maybe no one else knows about you. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I get to be the kind of person that raises another human being. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So, but yeah, no, it's, 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 it's been a good day though. I mean, we're, it's, it's nighttime right now and yeah, we've tired, had a good day. But... I had a good day too. I had breakfast at a Magnolia table. Oh, and then is, uh, is it, is it your off week? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So yeah, we you, you do like wife. full week on full week off full week on full week off. So, so yeah, we went, so I got off yesterday. So I had today open today free. So we had went and had breakfast at Magnolia table and kind of just kind of messed around Waco. You and the wife? Uh, yes. And then after this afternoon, the kids. Look at you. You had a little date day today. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So, yeah. So it's, uh, it's getting to be, it's getting closer into the school year. So kind of ratcheting it up to summer. Yes. My, my wife, who is a teacher, is very excited about, uh, the upcoming summer she is i think all teachers experience this where you know if you remember as a kid how excited you were about summer coming and how just over school yeah. you were teachers are just as much if not 10 times more yeah i can imagine um my daughter told me the other day that their teacher told them like how many days are left until the end of school year yeah, like, <laughs> yeah my wife track. knows that yes for sure um but yeah so we had to go get we're going to the beach like the first week of june which one so we, uh we're going to destin oh, okay so we had to go get of course having girls like every year we have to get new swimwear so that's what we did and we have to have a bag of course to go to the beach with and other trinkets and gear so that's what we did Gotcha. Just beach gear. Beach gear yeah, day. Lots of bags. So <laughs> multiple bags. Okay. Yeah. Everybody everybody needed new bags. Yeah, everyone has to have their own beach bag. I see. So. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm just along for the ride, basically, in my life. You were just trying to be a good husband and father and yeah. not end up being called an asshole. Basically, yes. Just tell me. How much something costs and where do I need to put this? And that's it. Excellent. So you're not going to end up on Reddit's Am I the Asshole? Well, I mean, I'd never say never, Joe. Well, yeah, not for this. Not for this. Not for this. For for probably many other things, but not for this. We did have an interesting scenario. We do. This this week, I, I texted you. I said, this one's weird. Um, so last week, last week we, we went down the, uh, the path of excessive fast food eating, um, and whether or not it was kosher to take money from a jar at your parents' house where you don't live. Um, this one though, like, I, I feel like last week's, it was, it was a pretty, pretty clear, clear cut. You're the asshole. Um, yeah. 
this week though man this one this one's different because we're, we're dealing with different cultures um different ages like there's i, yeah. I, I kind of like this one so i i can't wait i cannot wait to see, to hear your thoughts here um so title of this week's am i the asshole post um am i the asshole for telling my girlfriend it is unreasonable to learn a full set list dance choreography for a concert when i saw that title i was like okay i i need to i just need to know what's happening here it was a it was an immediate click for me so all right we will dive in so i 36 year old male moved from europe to japan about seven years ago and have been dating my girlfriend may 26 year old female for over a year so there's a 10 year age gap here 36 to 26 while we have cultural differences and the occasional language barrier my japanese isn't uh, isn't anywhere near perfect and neither is her english we never have had this sort of fight before for context may is a huge fan of a japanese idol group it's basically a girl pop band so i don't know what these things are so i kind of yeah, I'm having to picture this in my head while I was reading this. Um, she's She's been going to their concerts and events once or twice a week for about three years. Once or twice a week, Matt, for three years. In contrast, I'm generally a metal, heavy rock person and never really got into Japanese pop, let alone idols. A few months back, we went to a metal concert together. As fair as fair, I offered for her, or I offered to her to go to one of these concerts with her. She was very excited about it and got us tickets this month for a show two weeks from now. This is where things get weird. I changed up my playlist to listen to this band's songs so I know them better and could sing along. However, as I learned yesterday, idol concerts are something else. You are expected to sing along and follow a very tight choreography for each song. Most people that go to these shows are enormous fans and do this, so not doing it would make one stand out like a sore thumb. We went for karaoke last night, and she was singing the band's songs as usual and trying to get me to follow the choreography for each song. After doing this for about an hour, we stopped to talk about this. I told her that it's already pretty hard for me to memorize the lyrics well enough so I can sing along and to learn the proper moves for 15 to 20 songs. Note, we don't even know the set list, so it might be twice as much as that over the course of two weeks. So he's trying to she's basically asking him to learn like 20 song dances in two weeks. For a single concert, and that's a bit harsh. I believe I used the words, I don't really want to learn all of this stuff for one concert, and want did not really translate over well. She exploded. She yelled at me that I would not embarrass her, but it would still be weird, which should be pretty much the same thing. And she already told her favorite idol that we will be there, and she should be on the lookout for us. I'm 6'9-ish, so I couldn't hide in the crowd, even if I wanted to. I guess this person has access to talk to this famous singer? I don't know. Um, yeah, that threw me, too, because I was like, yeah. so what? You, you, I mean, did you message Did you tweet at her? Like, yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Um, when I suggested that I could just stand on the side so I don't make her look bad, she told me that we have reserved spots at the concert and we cannot move around. So I'm not really sure what to do. I'm more than happy to go and have a great time since it means so much to her. And it sounds like great fun. Investing dozens of hours practicing dance moves sounds over the top. I wouldn't do that for bands that I love and I've been listening to for decades, yet alone for a band that I'm not a super fan of. And it seems there is no middle ground. Either I would learn all of it or bust. So Reddit, please tell me, am I the asshole? Uh. 
not not the asshole. But I think I'm pretty pretty obvious. He the author of this post is not the asshole. Yeah, yeah. Because this, this is an unreasonable uh... ask, in my opinion. <laughs> So I just I, I when I was reading this, I was also kind of thinking of uh so my wife's going to Taylor Swift this weekend and your wife and daughter just went to Taylor Swift a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm just imagining if either one of us was put into that situation where like not even the dance moves, like if they came to us and were like, Hey, um, you need to learn every word to Taylor Swift's set list because you're going to this concert with me. I can probably like, do that though. I'll... I mean I, I... I listen I to Taylor Swift every single day on the way. To Her school. entire set list? Oh, oh, yes, yeah. So you have. See, and for from me, and from school, I could probably tell you. I could legitimately probably if I, I could probably recognize ten Taylor Swift songs. I think like and that's a, that's a, that's not a small number, but I am a, I'm in. I have never, I've never actively sought out her music. I don't have an issue with it. I don't want it to sound like I'm criticizing. If you love Taylor Swift, I'm very happy for you. And I'm glad that you found enjoyment in music. Um, just never been too big into pop personally. So um, like if, if my wife was like, yeah, do that. I'd be like, no, I'm not, not, not going to do it. <laughs> like this well, is not happening. Like, and also like conversely, like I want to go to a Metallica concert. They're going on tour here in the summer and they'll be in texas in august i wouldn't say okay my wife wants to go with me or i want her to go with me i should say i doubt she wants to go but i want her to go with me i'm not going to say you need to know every metallica song and listen to all you know 10 or so albums before august and because that's unreasonable. Because she doesn't like the type of music. I wouldn't say, please listen to this music that you don't care for. Yeah. I also think that the, the age gap here is it, it kind of plays into this. Because yeah. she's she's in her mid-20s and he's, you know, in his Still, mid 26. to late 30s. Isn't like you, 21. You think of I am I am 35 right now, and I can tell you, like, I am I feel much older than I did when I was 25. <laughs> so like it, it, that's about the same. Like I'm closer to 25 than you are because you're you're closer to like 45. Um, yeah, very close, like a year. Yeah, so it it's been a long time, and your 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 old brain doesn't remember things. Yeah, well. like, yeah, like 26, like yeah, I, I, you're just so much different than a 36 year old. In that I case, don't know, man. No, 26, but still, you're at 26. You're kind of transitioning from like. You know, you kind of this. Uh, that's kind of these. You are, yeah. It's it's a maturing point. You're maturing from sure. like your early twenties to to thirty. Really, this is these, yeah. These so back I, half of. I don't think she's an 20s. awful person though either. Like I think she just because that's what like there's a comment in here well, where somebody brought yeah. up because he said she's been going. Okay, yeah. Somebody brought this up. Like, um. Like she's gone to the concert once or twice a week for the past three years. What about the pandemic? And he said, yes, shows and events were going on during the pandemic, too, with social distancing, mask mandates and plastic walls during the meet and greet events. I know the band and their music because she's listening to them all the time and sings them during karaoke. That said, I never imagined the moves are expected from anybody but the best fans. She's clearly one of them, and I respect that. I love people with a passion towards their interest. And yes, she has been to about 50 to 100 events, often traveling hundreds of kilometers. 
She's working shifts, so going to Okinawa or Hokkaido during the week isn't that big of a deal to her. Plus, she didn't want to show me to the other fans because of some of her insecurities. That would be a different post on relationship advice, though. I was okay, and then he talks about he was born in Eastern Europe in a post-Soviet country. Um, so yeah, so like this, his girlfriend here has been over the last couple of years, fifty to a hundred shows of this band. Um, and I will say the yeah. top comment on this uh, was was somebody that ruled not the asshole, said not the asshole. Um, uh, this whole this whole situation is quite unfortunate. Good luck sorting it out, but you're not an asshole. Um, this is all above my pay grade. And then there was another one that I thought was really good. That was, um, oh, I lost it. There was a there was a person that was like into K-pop. Ah, oh, here we go. Not the asshole. I'm Korean myself, so we're pretty serious about our pop idols. But I would not expect someone to learn the entire choreography of an entire song, let alone an entire concert. If you can maybe just learn a few signature moves from their most popular songs, but anything more than that is whatever. Good luck, though. <laughs> yeah. So, and the thing is, like, not everyone's a, a dancer, you know? Right. Not everyone likes to here's, do choreography. Here's, choreography here's what dances. I would say to kind of get out of the situation, though, is you just kind of like, you know, hey, you need to learn all the dances. Like, okay, sure. And then you do your best. Like, you don't make any promises that you're going to be perfect at it, but you go and you're like, yeah, okay, fine. Like, I'll go out there and I'll dance. Here's what you do. You fake an injury. Mm. You pull a hamstring. Got a hammy. Can't dance. I'm I'm so sorry. Could you imagine? Uh, so, so I, I recently watched, um, I think that's probably one of the reasons why this sparked my interest was I recently watched the, um, the Amazon show, Our Man in Japan with James May. Um, so basically like he just, it's a series where he travels from the, the North of Japan down to the bottom. It's an interesting little travel show. It's pretty funny. Um, but one of the things like he found on his travels that's in the show is there are like, they have like morning concerts in some places for commuters where it's like a 20 minute long, 30 minute long concert that you go to. And, you know, you just like go on your way to work <laughs> and I'm like, wow. That's, and that's and like a boy band. It's the the cultural yeah the culture, aspect it, of it is a big I can't deal. imagine going to fifty to a hundred shows in a lifetime to any band that I like, but that's let alone thinking of a band playing fifty to one hundred shows in a couple of years. Yeah, like this is over three years that she's been to fifty to one hundred shows for one band. That's wild. That's like, wild. Like like you're you're absolutely right. Like I've been to maybe like almost. 10 concerts like big like stadium concerts type things or like music festivals and things like that right and i think that's a decent number yeah i like i probably i've been to more than that for sure but like probably not i i haven't been anywhere near 50 to 100 in my lifetime let alone in a couple of years to the same band so yeah there's definitely a cultural divide here on this one (laughs) Yeah, because like, as wild as like Taylor Swift fans were and are, where they were dressing up in like whatever era, different eras of Taylor Swift, you know, everyone was decked out. It wouldn't be now. Again, I don't know how big this concert this in this post is because like, is it like eighty thousand people? Or one, is okay, it, let me see if I can find like it. He does 5, name. 000. 
he twenty five hundred the you know? band at one point. All right, hold on. A lot of people do bring up that he's a thirty six year old dating a twenty six year old, and his excuse continuously is that she moved out of her house when she was eighteen, so she's very mature. Um. Yeah, but that. that okay, so, so the name of the band is Metamuse, formerly known as ZOC. So let me. I'm gonna look these. I'm gonna look this up. Metamuse. I hope it's not like anything crazy. Metamuse, formerly known as ZOC, is a Japanese alternative idol girl group that formed in September 2018. They released their debut single, Family Name, on April 30th, 2019. On July 7th, 2022, the group changed its name to Metamuse. Huh. They do have a Wikipedia page, so let's see. Let's see what they are. Um, okay, so like they they have reached all right. Like they've had a single get they've had two singles reach number three in Japan. Okay. The first one that reached uh number three in Japan was Tiffany Tiffany Wagamama Pajama. And the other one was called uh, Meta Memento. So yeah, so okay, so like they're how do they how do they play so many shows? That sounds exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting, it's... But yeah, this person's not an asshole. No, don't 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 make your partner learn dances. If they that's volu- just a general rule. I mean that's yeah, and think... he, he volunteered. That's the other thing that sticks out to me. Is like his his girlfriend came to a concert of a of a band that he liked to a metal concert, and he was like, you know what? Hey, it's only fair that I go to something that you want to do. And if that's the case, take that. Like, take that. Take that for what it is, folks. Be good to your partners. Yes. Um, be good to your... I mean, I think it's reasonable. He's he's being reasonable. He doesn't yeah. like the music. He's going to go to the concert for his partner. And, you know, can return because she went to, like, a, a rock metal concert with him. I think the... And we're both in agreement that... It's the extra work that has to go into going to this concert that I think is unreasonable. I think yeah, any any rational person would. Yeah. Like, this person's going to experience something new. Let them experience something new. Yeah. Maybe they like the music. Maybe they like it. And they go, um, you know, this music's not too bad. Then you have a new fan. This is making them like, I hate this genre of music because I have right. to learn dances to go see right. them. Now, this is, now I have homework. What? Absolutely. Yeah. Not the asshole. We're in agreement. Yeah, we're good here. You're not an asshole, buddy. All right, Matt, do we have any sports to talk about? Any sports stuff There's, going on? I would, spring I games would, this weekend. I want to touch on a, a couple of news and notes. I have a thing for spring football. Yes, spring game is this weekend at 12 noon at McLean Stadium. If you can't make it to McLean Stadium, it's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. So you always have that option for it. Um, Baylor did get a... A commitment from a transfer from a transfer portal, a Utah State, I guess, edge rusher. He's going to be Jack for Baylor, um, who was a Texas recruit in 2018 and then transferred out and ended up at Utah State. He was in 2021, I want to say he was like the defensive player of the year, maybe for Mountain West Conference. And 
they were into like the Mountain West Conference Championship games. Yeah. So you have that. He's a very uh, skilled edge rusher. Um, he was one of the top top rushers, pass rushers uh, in the transfer portal. So Baylor got him added to a much needed position, I think. All right, fair enough. I actually had not heard that news. Yeah, um, and they're also from from what I understand is Baylor's Baylor only has like one scholarship spot like available of the of the eighty five. And that's kind of reserved for a cornerback. They want to add a cornerback to the um, secondary room, which is absolutely understandable because I think, like last year, that's what I'm most concerned about going into this year. Would be yeah, the, uh, the secondary. The, the, the secondary was uh, besides some th- things on the, some things on the offense. The secondary was definitely the the most needy part of that team last year. Yeah, and. And I think, you know, Baylor is throwing out offers for transfer portal offers um, for these different positions. I've seen mostly it's been, you know, defensive line, edge rusher, which we we got a commitment, and then um, cornerback. Not safety so much, but but cornerback for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. But and I, would I think say, I think we'll have uh I think we'll 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 have some more commentary on football after the spring game is over. I won't be able to watch it live. I'm gonna do my best to watch as much of uh the highlights and stuff that I can after the fact because it, it will be during my son's second birthday party. But um I I do I do have to do some studying on it because I, I think I think Cody Orr and I are gonna do do something about it next week on ODB. So we'll see. Um but yeah, I think I think we'll do a good job of of chatting about that next week but besides that still it's light on sports i know i know basketball they got a recruit in too or a a transfer in yeah um i think it's um let me look it up it's i think it's Jaden nine was Jayden the name Nunn. yeah and um he was from vcu he's lengthy he's a good defender and he shoots 40 percent from three so give it to me I will I will take him all day. Absolutely. And I think that goes to what kind of goes to what we've been saying with the departures we've had or with the guards specifically, that Baylor was looking to go more to get um bigger at, at that position. Yeah, I think so too. And and I think I think overall Baylor I I have this sense that Scott Drew is um he had something special with, you know, especially that starting five that we won the national title with. And that was lightning in a bottle that is really difficult to recreate. And I think we're starting, I think we're starting to see the, the re-evolution back into a team that's really long and annoying and focuses really hard on rebounding. Um, because those were some of my favorite Baylor teams besides the national title team were, when we were super long and we were competing and still making elite eights and doing things like that. So I think, uh, I think that's one of the best ways that Scott drew coaches is when he has certain personnel like that. And uh, especially with the recruiting classes that we've got coming in the last couple of years or this next couple of years. Um, and with the addition of a guy like none, I'm, I'm super excited to see us get, get be a bunch of long boys again. Yeah. Um, Super excited, and I totally agree. I think that's what he's also a, a defender, like a pretty, a, you know, one of the best defenders in their conference that he was playing in. So that's another thing 
I think Coach Drew's looking for is players who, you know, have a knack for defense or enjoy playing that that side of the ball. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Defense is what we got to get back to. Yeah. I mean, at least because it was just like we had, we mentioned a couple of times this year. It was like at some points of the season, it was like the opponent, it was like they were just doing like layup, a layup line. Yeah. Because they were just getting no pressure from our defense. No, no stops. It was, it was so at points hard to watch because you knew like, okay, they're going to come and score without any, without much. <laughs> so it's good to see those type of players back in Baylor and what they can do with them, you know, development wise. And all right. I think that's a, uh, yeah, that's, that's the sports talk for today. That's sports talk. That's all we got for today. There you go. There's bear Dan sports talk. This is a sports podcast. Um. Yay! No, we'll, let's we'll get, have let's more. Get... Whenever, like you're right. Whenever there's like a spring game, not that you you glean a lot from a spring game, but at least you kind of see the kind of skeleton of what you think it's going to look like going into the next going into fall. So at least we'll have a little bit more because you can tell right away like this guy has it or or doesn't because players look may look amazing in practice. But then when they're, when they're actually getting hit and there's people across from them, it may be a different animal. Yeah, for sure. All right, Matt, let's get right. let's get to the let's get to the dessert, the sweet stuff, because there is there is something that we have answers to now, and that's the Mandalorian. There there is no guesswork anymore. We know what happened. Yeah, we got that finale. And I just want to say I hate every one of the people that were involved with the show that were last week acting like something oh, spoilers for Mandalorian. Um, so turn it off now. If you haven't seen the last episode, uh, everybody that was acting like something bad was going to happen. Like D- even Dave Filoni saying like, there's going to be things that the fans are going to have to think about now. No, there's not every, you could end the show forever now and it would be closed up and you ever like you've, you've told the story. Like they don't even need to go forward with yeah. anything anymore. And that's, I was, I guess it was one of the actors, like the, the, it was the, yeah. Brendan the suit, Wayne, I think is what he was like, is. Oh, y'all wanted more, you you know, and you yeah, know, you're like, going to regret wanting more. <laughs> and I was like, then people had all these theories on social media and, yeah, I th- I'm after I watched this episode, I, I think you're absolutely correct on the meaning of the title of the penultimate episode of oh, the spies. Yeah. It's actually like they were the spies going to Mandalore. Correct. There wasn't a spy or multiple spies spying on Den and Bo and all them. They were all. Yeah, spies. They are the spies. They from, are the spies from, from the book of Exodus is what they yes. are. So. But everyone was trying like, who are the spies? This, that and the other is like. No one, all of them. We also did not get any cameos, nothing, nobody from any other shows. It was all it, this was completely self contained. We didn't leave the planet of Mandalore, it, like, we just went, just kind of went into orbit of Mandalore a little bit. I mean, we stayed in one place with the same group of people, nobody was called for help, like, there was no. There was no Deus Ex Machina here. Like it was okay. Let's yeah. You know, let's just go fight and see if we win. And they did. 
And the episode itself, it was really, I mean, I enjoyed the episode. Just, I thought it was great. It was so much fun. And that's when like, I, I texted you and I, I was watching it. And after I watched it, and I was like, you know what? Star Wars is just cool. Sometimes it's just like, Star Wars is just cool shit. So it doesn't have to be, you know, Game of Thrones. You know, because that's kind of not what Star Wars started out as being from the very beginning. Right. Sometimes you just need the good guys to win. And I, I... I, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Um, you know, we we get, you know, I mean, it, there's not really too much to the basic synopsis. I mean, it's just, yeah, Din 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 immediately escapes from the, you know, the binds that they have put on him with the help of Grogu, uh, who comes in IG eleven and and or IG twelve now in this case, um, and, and helps him break out, and then they decide, hey, let's. You know, let's let's go fight everybody. They get the message up to the other Mandalorians. They come down to help, and we get an aerial battle between them and the the Mandalorian style stormtroopers, and then Axe, which was without dying, crashes which is really a cool. plane into the base. Or that's a one thing. No one died. <laughs> yeah, no one died. I mean, so I mean, unless I mean, assuming Moff Gideon died. But right. I do think Moff Gideon is dead. I I don't think he was a clone. I think I think that was closure on his death because he he seemed pretty upset that uh, that Din destroyed all of his other clones. Yeah. So and and you can't. I don't think you can really bring him back because we've done this Moff Gideon thing already in season one, season two, and season three. Been like the villain's been Moff Gideon. I mean, I think yeah. at this point you got to like just put a bow on Moff Gideon, and and I think they are. I, I agree with you. I think he's he's gone because I think what this kind of did wrap up the Mandalorian, you know, this these three seasons, and I think what they're kind of going to usher in is they're it's it's they're trying to do they're kind of trying to do a, a like a, a Marvel MCU thing with the Mandalorian on Disney Plus TV. To where like you're gonna have this these several shows that take place in this timeline this the time of the Mandalorian with Ahsoka coming out and so I think it's all kind of gonna be interconnected moving forward for sure yeah it's all gonna be interconnected because like you have now with how it ended with with Din going back to Navarro and setting up like a homestead. That I have a feeling because they are going to do a season four, I believe. Um, yeah, he's like, um, John Favreau has like said, like, he's in the middle, of like, he's almost done writing it. Yes, so yeah, they're doing a season four, but I think it's gonna be a video game, like, I, like, I think it's gonna be a video game show, like, I think it's just gonna be, it's gonna be closer to season one Mandalorian, it's just yeah. self contained. You know, adventure episode. He'll have a a mission, you know, because ended with him. Basically, he's going to be like an independent contractor for the New Republic off the books um, and kind of go on missions for them, hunt down Imperials or whatever the case may be. And then it'll end with something that ties into the Ahsoka show, which will then lead into the the Mandiverse movie. I think that's I think that's what it's going to be. 
is we'll get we'll get to see Din conquers what creature today, and then episode eight is going to be like, whoa, big reveal, cliffhanger. Watch the movie to find out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I expect that to go. Um, I do have a question for you. So mm-hmm. there is a there is an amazing scene when Moff Gideon dies. He basically dies because Axe um, flies down the you know the the flagship essentially of the mandalorian fleet um has been a decoy uh so that they could get the rest of the mandalorians down to the planet these tie fighters come up destroy the ship axe flies it down as it's blowing up crashes it directly into the imperial base to destroy everything um and a giant fireball comes engulfs moff gideon you see him get incinerated um and then bo katan Din Djarin and Grogu who have been fighting him are standing there about to be engulfed in flames and what happens but Grogu using the force to like create basically a bubble around them so they yeah uh, they aren't touched by the flames was this reminiscent of any scene that you've ever seen before in Star Wars Matt I'm trying to think because I was watching I texted it. you I texted you oh from Rebels yes Yes. It was 100% a callback to Rebels in one of the saddest scenes in Rebels because it doesn't work yeah. out for this character. Uh, yeah. But Kanan, yeah, the, the Jedi in Rebels, Kanan, uh, what's his last name? I forget Kanan's Jarrus. last name. Kanan Jarrus. Jarrus, that's Jarrus? right, yeah. Jarrus, something like that. Jarrus, that's right, Kanan Jarrus. Um, yeah, they, they, they are attempting to escape after failing to destroy a fuel depot on Lothal, I think is the name of the planet, and uh, the Empire's like, you know what? We're just gonna shoot. We're gonna shoot those the, the field depot ourselves to blow you up. And Kanan does this exact move: uses the Force to create a bubble around the flames so that his friends can fly away. But that's the he doesn't have the ability to wait for the fire to dissipate, such as Grogu does. And it's where Kanan Jarrus dies. Spoilers for Rebels: if you've never seen it, Kanan Jarrus dies. Sorry. Um, but yeah, like I think yeah. it was one hundred percent a callback to that scene. Which makes sense because you have, you know, Dave Filoni. He loves Rebels, loves or and clones, you know. Yeah, and I mean, did he create he Rebels? His, yeah, just like he did uh, Clone Wars. So he loves those callback characters. Those are his. Those are his characters. So did makes you sense. see Dave Filoni in this episode? I did. Okay, I, was, I mean, like easily spotable when yeah. you're watching the last scene. So he 100% looks like a guy that is the number one Star Wars fan in the world. <laughs> his yeah. his Indiana Jones hat and his very much comic book guy from the Simpsons look. Totally. Like I love like a he's a George Lucas guy. Oh yeah. I love Filoni though. He's he's great. Yeah, but it's weird cuz knowing if you know what Dave Filoni looks like and how he dresses you see him in the scene, it's like, oh, Dave Filoni's just in this scene. Like, he's not in, like, any kind of costume. <laughs> Dave Filoni is dressed, yeah, he was dressed as a, as a, as a rebel pilot with a, with basically, like, an Indiana Jones hat on. <laughs> or not even, like, a, it's like a leather hat that he really wears. And it's, yeah. like, a, like a leather, big leather fedora kind of thing. And, <laughs> yeah, he's just sitting at the bar. And this new republic, uh, this new republic outpost or something, but yeah, you're right. That it looks like those are that's Dave Filoni's pajamas, yeah. So, but I liked it. I'm, I'm sure 
I'm kind of burnt out with like Star Wars fans like on the internet. And oh, I've been after, tired of Star Wars fans for years. So yeah, and Mandalorian, they're generally generally everyone likes Mandalorian. Um but they got a lot of fans who are they're I don't know how to say this. Like if they're wanting more from the story than what the story's giving you, like your this, expectations this was, are are this was a high. great series. Like again, I really believe you could stop it now. Like they could say it's done, and it would be one of the most complete Star Wars stories we've ever gotten. Yeah, I think it, the thing was with him getting the dark saber, and I had all these like they like had these expectations of like, well, he's the Mandalorian. He's going to lead the you know be Mandalore, and the Mythosaur is going to come up and. Which I will have to say, they did tease a lot of things, and we didn't get any payoff, like for the for the Mythosaur, really. Well, what people? I mean, you I get guess to what see people the Mythosaur at the end. The the Mythosaur, I, I, this is what I think. I think the Mythosaur is more of a symbol of the uniting of the clans, like than actually being a beast that needs to be ridden into war. I think because the armorer, you know, Absolutely. the in the faction that keep their helmets on who do not respect Bo-Katan and the Mandalorians that remove their helmets, her attitude towards them immediately changes when she says, I saw the Mythosaur. And and the armorer believes she, that she's telling the truth. Yeah. And I think that is a shattering thing for, um, let's, you know, I'll call it like the Mandalorian extremists, uh, for lack of a better term. You know, she's like, well, wait, like the Mythosaur, from what I believe, would only show itself to a true Mandalorian. And so if it's showing itself to this person, then maybe her removing her helmet's not that bad of a thing. And maybe we should unite everybody. I think that was the point of the Mythosaur. It wasn't to be some grand payoff where we have this epic beast made out of CGI in the show that comes out. And you're like, holy shit, there's the Mythosaur. No, I think it was just more to symbolize that it was time for everybody to unify. And I also thought the same thing about the Darksaber. So the Darksaber in this episode gets destroyed. Moff Gideon crushes it with his like mechanical hand thing. And I think that that's kind of the point is man, the Mandalorians all stay together. They relight the, the, the Great Forge. They're all standing there saying this is the way for Mandalore. They're all united. Some of them are wearing their helmets. Some of them aren't. And yeah. the, the Darksaber no longer exists. It's It's no longer this grand thing that is required to truly be a leader of Mandalore. It doesn't have to be there anymore. They have united in their home. Yeah. And I think I you're absolutely correct point. about the, um, the Mythosaur being kind of like a symbol because earlier when we saw him in the was it first or second episode, it's, you know, asleep. And then whenever we see him at the end, whenever everyone's come together and kind of retaken Mandalore, you see its eyes wake open up. Correct. So yeah. it's kind of like, you know, Mandalore is, you know, back with Mandalorians inhabiting it and ruling it. Um another key thing Mandalore. in that in that last scene, Matt, that I was curious if you noticed. Did you notice anything different about the creed that uh the armorer is having the foundlings go through? No, um, no. What is it? She leaves out for for the child of Paz Vizla, who who becomes officially a Mandalorian, takes the creed. 
she does not make uh she does not tell him that he can't take his helmet off okay earlier in the show earlier when, when that, you see really, them yeah. when you see her giving the creed to folks when they're when they're in, when they're hiding out part of the creed that they have to they have to take is uh i will not remove my helmet from this day and she does not say that here at the end anymore yeah so i think that's just going to be like a personal choice i think we've kind correct of, yeah i think they're showing together. that it's no longer this this big deal so god it's so good and i i i loved how i know i'm ranting but man i i loved how how it ended where they're just chilling on the porch at at his house i know i mean like someone said i was, I was watching like a someone else a commentary about it and they're like all he needs is a guitar you know just sitting on the porch just strumming yeah. and was this kid playing with frogs it's like so it was it was a good episode i liked it um i really didn't dislike it. i mean some that i guess it was episode six was a little weird but i liked it there's a weird episode in every single season so yeah i was fine and with it so I, th- I thought it was a good season people need to settle down about star wars so yeah just enjoy, enjoy the space it. wizards yeah, enjoy just it. enjoy the space wizards Sometimes, i mean you get andor which is like this amazing spy thriller show and then you get like this type of stuff which is just fun space battles and it's awesome yeah it's almost two different universes <laughs> I know. Cause I mean, I will say this, like Andor is like just super good. Like it's just a different level of like storytelling. Right. Andor doesn't need to be Star Wars. No, you're right. It's Andor just, could be you could just create any generic yeah. you could tell that story anywhere. Yeah. And it's just like like you said, it's just an espionage thriller. Yeah, it's just set in the Star Wars landscape. Yeah, you could pick up Andor and put it down in the Cold War, and it would be perfect. So, yeah, but, so we both liked it, finally wrapped it up. We'll move into Ahsoka, I think, and when a few does months, that drop? a few months, I think, August. Oh, man, we have that long? I was hoping it was going to be like It June. may be sooner, I was, I'm Let guessing. me see. Ahsoka release date, August 2023. Yep. And August. will consist of eight episodes. I'm, I'm, there's bound to be something. My dog is just fit to be tied right now. Why, why is the internet so weird? So I, I literally, I Googled Ahsoka show release date. All right. Now, immediately on Google pops up, it says Ahsoka, August 2023, Ahsoka is set to be released on Disney Plus in August 2023 and will consist of eight episodes. But then, of course, there is the people also ask question. And the third most people also ask question is, is Ahsoka 18 in season seven? Which is just what? weird. Yeah. Why do you want to know how old Ahsoka is in season? And I'm assuming they're talking about the Clone Wars. This oh. is weird. Oh, just because they're trying to probably piece together like. How old people? I mean, which I don't know why that matters. Like, yeah. They did the same thing no, about I'm, Bo-Katan. I'm worried it's for other reasons. Well, I know. I think <laughs> it's, it's just they're trying to say, like, how old about. is 
is yeah, you know, exactly how old is Ahsoka is different than is Ahsoka of legal age. Uh, yeah, I think it's less of that and more like, are they? Is this a you know canon that Rosario Dawson can play her? Is she old, too old, or not old enough to play? Then but, she's yeah, this but old again, and, why like, specifically put eighteen? Why like this is the third most popular question apparently, and it's it has got the specific age in there. I don't know. That's weird to me. Because like further down the list, like is how much older is Ahsoka than Luke? How much older is Anakin than Padme is on here as well, which is weird. Well, it's the same thing. It's not older than Padme. It's not the same way, but I just I typed in like Bo-Katan and you get Bo-Katan, Disney Princess, Bo-Katan Clone Wars, Bo-Katan Star Wars, Bo-Katan Age. Yeah, well, I mean, I see that's that is a much more innocuous way to do it because Bo-Katan's supposed to be like fifty right now. So, well, according, yeah, because she's like what twenty five in Clone Wars, yeah, and Rebels. Yeah, she's she's like mid twenties, and so yeah, she's in her. I think somebody <clears> said <throat> she'd be like fifty five or fifty six right now. Um, because it like they were pointing out like imagine how much of a badass you would have to be to be like doing what she's doing at yeah. fifty five, and the actress like Katie Sackhoff's like forty somewhere around there, like early forties. <clears throat> But but yeah, yeah. Sometimes the internet is weird, and if you ever listen to like Bo Burnham, there's like a whole like "Welcome to the Internet" song that kind of lays it all out for you. Yeah, well, I love Bo Burnham. <laughs> so it is what it is. Now, so I'm so there is like some like stopgap shows. I'm just looking at the Disney Plus release for 2023. So in May, you do get the Star Wars. Um, I'm sorry. Let me go back. And um, next week, they're going to drop the animated Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures on Disney+. Plus. Okay. And then you're going to have the uh, season two of the Star Wars Visions on in May 4th. Okay. So you're going to have a couple of Star Wars content. I'm just looking to kind of fill the gap until August till you get Ahsoka in August. I'm looking. Plus, we have to watch Bad Batch. Yes, we have to watch that. Yeah, because we, uh, we've seen. Have you seen any of it yet? I have not. No. Okay. Yeah. So then, after just looking, I'm just looking at what's coming Star Wars this year. So after Ahsoka, sometime in 2023, you have Skeleton Crew, which is another. Uh, I think it's a show. I'm pretty sure it's a, a series. With uh, Jude Law, have you heard anything about that? Um, just like I have I've not seen read a picture, it yet. I've seen it's just like, like a still I, picture, but that's it. Yeah, like you are. I I think I have, but I haven't read into it yet because that sounds familiar to me. And I think the the way I think I've heard it explained is like it's like Goonies in Star Wars. Okay, I dig that. Very like Amblin Entertainment, like kids off on an adventure in space, that type of thing. I dig it. I take it. The different vibes of the same universe. Yeah. And you have the Acolyte. I don't know when that's supposed to come out. It's not listed here in 2023, so I don't know. Which I'm super excited about that show. We're going to have a field day with the start of football season and Ahsoka at the same time. This is going to be the best this show's ever been. Well, it's kind of like it was this year because we had um, House House of the the Dragon Dragon at the same time. At the same time. And, pr- and yeah, something but else. Dra- as much as I love Game of Thrones, it's not Star Wars. No, it's not Star Wars. <clears throat> yeah. All right, Matt. There was there was other good TV on this week. 
did you get a chance to watch the latest episode of Ted Lasso? I did. Okay. Spoilers I did. for Ted Lasso, by the way, if you have not watched it yet. Okay. Um, was that or was that not one of the best episodes of television that you've ever seen in your life? It was. It was it was great and it was like to me that was like classic Ted Lasso. Oh, it was it was back to the roots, made you feel good. It made you feel warm and cozy. You know, the sh- it was like an epi- it was like if a hug was made into a TV show is what that episode was. And you had everyone had their own like story, right? Yeah, you get Roy and Kent learning how to ride a bike because apparently Roy going to see to going to see a windmill. I'm just going off. Yeah, you got uh, you got the the whole team that is basically trying to to learn you know how they can work together and end yeah. up in a giant pillow fight, which is amazing. Um, you've got. Ted thinking he's taking drugs, but really he's just having a placebo effect and kind of off on his own time of discovery in the middle of Amsterdam. You've got Rebecca meeting a a, a very attractive Dutch man who likes to give feet rubs. Lives on a boat. Yeah, lives on a boathouse. And then you have um, Colin, you know, Having this, finding out that Trent like knows his secret and is also has come out recently, or maybe not recently, but to his family, and how that you know kind of have to have someone who understands what you're going through. Kind of, I think it, it lets Colin, as you see later on in the show, like just be more himself. That. Colin's monologue is amazing. See, I, I I'm a I'm a straight cisgendered male. All right, I'm you know I'm quote unquote normal. You know whatever that means. But by by societal standards, I'm just a pretty bog standard dude. Um, and even I could recognize just the power behind that moment with Colin, where he's expressing that, like. Yeah, I'm gay, but I I I don't I don't want that to be like a big deal. Like he's like I don't want to be a symbol. I don't want to be a role model. I don't want it to like I don't want it to be a thing, you know. I just he says I just I just want to kiss like when all the other guys are kissing their girls after a match, I want to be able to kiss my fella. Like that's and I you know, that's what at the end of the day what people want, man. They don't they don't need to be like some you know, idol that's, you know, that's so brave and a hero. They just want to be who they are. And I thought the show handled that just so beautifully, you know, where he's talking about how he has this ache inside of him and he just wishes that he could be who he is at, you know, all the time, whether he's at work or somewhere else. And I know there are so many people on this planet going through that. So Yeah, I loved it when he said, I want my two lives to be my own life. Yeah. It was it was just such a great, great moment, you know. And I'm so happy that we you know, because you and I were both saying like we both think Trent's gonna end up being an ally here, but there were some people that I had seen that were like, Oh, maybe Trent will out him because he's a journalist or whatever. And I I I really loved that there was this kind of almost mentorship thing there um 
but you know with him and the the actor who plays trent is so awesome and i don't know everything everything about that uh that scene and that part of the storyline and really the whole episode i just i just enjoyed so much even the fact you know with ted where he goes through this kind of psycho psychedelic trip thinking that he's invented some you know something new in soccer and the episode basically ends with him you know finding out that like oh yeah somebody in somebody in holland invented that 50 years ago but uh but yeah we can do it uh, but you know everything about it was it was both funny and heartwarming and it was very classic ted lasso yeah and i enjoyed it was a great episode and yeah when i was watching that with Colin, that his little like um, monologue, I was like, "Man, this is just such such a good television show." That's all I was thinking because, like, that's what you know, kind of like at the end of the previous episode, we have like Ted's kind of like speech to the team. This is that was the same way. It's like this is just great, you know, good writing, great delivery. It's just such a good show. I and I think I saw somebody point out that this could be a turning point just for the coaching standpoint of things, because it's, they have continuously made it clear that Ted still does not understand the game of football or soccer. And I, you know, this is the best, it's difficult to erase that you've done it for two and a half seasons. So how can you get to the point where it makes sense that Ted would find a way to get this team playing better schematically without Nate coming back. And this is how you do it. You have him, come up with something on his own so that he fully understands it because it's quote his idea. But inspired by like American basketball. Right. Inspired by the triangle triangle offense offense, run by the Chicago bulls invented by tax winner and perfected by Phil Jackson. Um, But, um, but now Ted has a grasp of what this is because he came up with it in his brain. It just so happens that somebody else had, and people have been doing it forever. So then we don't have to have some montage where, you know, it's like, oh, Beard is teaching him or he's trying to read a bunch of soccer books, you know, and then suddenly he becomes a genius. No, it's like this is a thing that he understands because it is it is something that he thought of. And I think that's going to be a turning point for him. Um, but I, I'm still on team Ted returns home or is no longer the at least no longer the coach once the season is over is 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 kind of what my belief is. Yeah, I'm, I'm I agree. I think that's where we're headed. For sure. Do you think so? I think I declared last week to you that I was that I had finally been convinced that Ted and Rebecca were going to get together. Um, Now, we seem to have the psychics prediction of upside down and like soaking wet underwater kind of um, prediction has happened because Rebecca fell off a bridge in Amsterdam into a canal. She's as we mentioned, she's taken on to a houseboat by a very attractive older Dutch gentleman who has a daughter and um, his partner no longer lives with him because she cheated on him and left. Um, and there's clearly chemistry between the two. Do you think this is a misdirect or do you think they end together? Like, are you, or do you think Ted and Rebecca is still a possibility or do you think that this Dutch man is uh, Rebecca's Prince Charles or Prince Charming, sorry. And is like her, her gateway into motherhood by the simple fact that he already has a daughter. Don't I, I'm not 100 sold on the the Ted Rebecca dynamic. Mm-hmm. They have. I wasn't have a, until last can, week. I was. Yeah. The, I think it's just last week to me it was like they're both heads are someplace else, 
because she uses the term. I mean, really, I think that what that was was he Here, just hold on out. before you go off of that, like because you know you think their heads. So you're talking about how they didn't refer to each other as boss and and uh, yeah. and Ted. She said coach and he said Rebecca. Um, but there was just some other things about it, like I mentioned, like his cookies are behind the green matchbook. Like I I think that I think the psychic is misinterpreting things because. Like, I think she saw the matchbook, but what she was supposed to see was the box of, of biscuits for biscuits with the box that Ted made her. This time, she falls into the water. She's upside down. Oh, it makes sense. The man pulled me out. Who is it that was texting her right as she was falling into the water? It was Ted yeah. wanting to hang out with her. So, yes. like, Ted Ted is also tied to every single one of these events. So, that's that's where my head's at with it. Um. I am not saying I think it's great. I don't like if it ends up happening. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm like, oh, yeah, they're perfect for each other. I just my brain is now convinced it's the way the show is going. And I think I think the Dutch guy is a misdirect, which means I'm probably wrong. And he's going to show up in some kind of rom-com love actually um, kind of situation. But we will see. Yeah, I'm just not seeing it yet. And I'm more like. Ted's head is with his son and his his back home. And that's really what's going on. And he was thinking about that. And she said, I didn't mean to bully you. And he had just heard this. Her son was had some bullying issue. And so that was that's what kind of caught him off guard. And same thing with um, you know, I'm, he said I'm psychic or something like that. Which, you know, she's thinking about how she that what the psychic said so it was kind of just the the verbiage they used were or both what they were the other person was dealing with at the time yeah the, so i don't know though that could be right and they could get together and it could be a huge misdirect yeah i i, I could see it going either way but i am i i don't know why i've just grasped on to the the yeah it's it's inevitable that ted and rebecca are together I just, my brain is there. All right. Can't wait till next week. We get more. I mean, what? This was episode. This was six? halfway. This is six Sorry. out of 12. So we're, we're okay. officially halfway through the season. We still have a month and a half left, which is nice. You know, this will get us to the summer. So yeah, it'll get us to the summer. Absolutely. We are done with the Mandalorian and really. Ted Lasso is really, I mean, of what we're watching and talking about, the only thing it's currently airing, I would think. Yeah, I think that's like the the main thing that you and I are both watching. So, did you any other content or any other media that you're consuming um, this past week or right now? You see any movies lately, or have you not had a chance to get out there? I have not seen any movies. I've been going to a lot of baseball games in my free time. Like when I've been so watching like, a lot of baseball. You know, I said like, you know, normally I, I don't watch baseball. Normally I don't watch baseball, but you know, my Rangers seem to be doing pretty well so far. So we'll see how things go. I was at a baseball game on Easter. I was at a baseball game tonight. I was at a baseball game on Friday of last week. I was at a baseball game like two Fridays before that. So Yeah. It's it's always fun to go out and get out to the um to the ballpark. No matter who you're seeing play baseball, it's just a fun time. Yeah, I mean, I have a Triple A stadium that's 15 minutes from me, and I have a Major League stadium that's 30 to 45 minutes away from me. So, yeah, take advantage have, of it. 
I have I have easy access to. I need to, to get baseball. out to more Baylor baseball. I know we don't talk about or really acknowledge. If I lived in Waco, baseball, I'd go to the games because I like I like yeah. going to baseball games. It's fun. I like going to yeah, it's fun. Absolutely. So, but yeah, um, where can people find you, Joe? Uh, if they you want can to find see me, more of your content. You can find me on um, Elon Elon Musk's blue check Twitterverse of hell um, <laughs> at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. Um, and then you can also find me on our daily bears. Uh, Matt, where can the people find you in the podcast? Yeah, you can find me unverified still. I'm not new to it, but now more people are joining my ranks um, on Twitter. At Matt underscore Workman, you can find the podcast at the Bear Den Pod over on Twitter. Exactly. Would right, you man. ever pay the eight? No. Like now, you can't, right? No, you can pay for Twitter Blue. No, but I'm saying like people can, but if they do, now they're going to be, you know, ridiculed. I yeah. I don't think they care what people like us think. They just care what people with other blue checks think. So, yeah, but now you have planes like like reputable organizations. Like for instance, like for some reason, the New York Times doesn't have a doesn't get legacy. Or so for instance, like ESPN has a gold check, you know, because they're with the organization. You know, whatever. It's because the guy in charge doesn't like the New York Times. But New York Times doesn't has doesn't get. They'd have to pay for for Twitter Blue to get a, a blue check. But like I, films I, and it's just such a stupid stupid thing. Yeah, they they broke they they fixed something or they broke something that wasn't broke. That that's did really you what see? Did you see this? This is a little thing. You may have. I don't know if you've seen it since you were busy tonight. So there were some people in there like LeBron James, Stephen King, who. Yes, blue I saw the Stephen King thing. So they had a blue check, and then he came on and said, I have not paid for it, and I'd not given my phone number. Because if you click on it, it said, like, you know, they are have a they're verified because they are, you know, Twitter blue and have a verified phone number, whatever the case may be. Same thing with LeBron James, who had previously said he's not paying eight dollars for it. And it comes to find out that there's some accounts, Elon Musk, he says, I paid for, but I think he just let them keep it. Oh, Stephen King, he specifically did on purpose because Stephen King had had been saying that it was stupid to charge for it and that. Oh, so he, and LeBron did too. LeBron's, you know, went yeah. on there and made a point to say like, I ain't when Elon this. first bought it and brought up the blue check mark thing, just for the context, Stephen King came out and was basically like, screw you for wanting me to pay for a verification. I drive traffic to your website. Like, why would you make me? Why would I want to pay to do that? Like, I already make you money. People are like, go look at the engagements on my tweets. Like, when I say things, people pay attention. That's good for you. Um. So that's and and I don't think Elon liked that very much. So I think Elon did it as a way to be like, oh, you said you wouldn't do it, but you did anyway. So um, I don't know. It's everything's stupid. The whole world is dumb. Life is meaningless. Go love your loved ones and watch Star Wars. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.